0: And don't worry, I'm not recording this for the sake of the video, just the audio. So uh, we're talking about the laying on of hands and praying in the altar. Um, and as I was just saying, the the practice of laying on of hands is not a new one, but it's it's a it's been around since Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's a not a modern Pentecostal thing. It's a very uh, biblical, time aged a practice in the scripture. So let's take a look at some of these examples. Genesis chapter 48. Um, I'm going to put this on the screen here so you can follow along. Genesis 48 and 14. And Israel stretched out his right hand. Whoa, where'd my screen go? Sorry. I don't know what happened there. uh, this, there. Okay, can everybody see the scripture? Yes, no, maybe so. Yes. Okay, great. Okay, so, uh, sorry, I was really good at this when we were doing it every week, and now I am just feeling so out of sorts, (laughs) but Okay, Genesis 48, 14. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. Um, So Abraham... Um, sorry, here Jacob, rather, not Abraham, is transferring the blessing of the firstborn to his grandchildren. So we see what is the purpose of the laying on of hands? Why do we lay hands on when we pray? Um, And this is one of the earliest records. And I'm going to say, laying on of hands does not transmit anything. It's not a magical thing, um, there there is not a physical transfer from one person to another, but it represents something that's taking place in the spirit. It represents a spiritual interaction. and oftentimes we need our our spirit man, uh, because we are both flesh and spirit, we need a little help sometimes to identify in the spirit what is taking place. And so you see this with Jesus. He tells parables. Parables are natural stories that have a spiritual meaning or implication to them. So laying on of hands is no different. It's it's kind of like a parable. Um, it's the same with anointing someone with oil. There's nothing special in the oil. It's just like baptism. There's nothing special in the water. But it's a physical act of obedience to God's word. It's a physical thing that helps to connect our faith with something we cannot see and in it in uh, an assist to us and so the the purpose for laying on of hands was for blessing and the idea was when the when the the elder would lay hands on his son he would transfer a, a spiritual blessing and uh, a prayer to his son and in this case Jacob is praying for his Grandsons, and so the priests of the Old Testament would would also do this when they were about to sacrifice. When they were about to sacrifice, uh, they would take uh, their hands and lay it on the head of the animal, and then they would proceed to slay the animal and 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 prepare its body for um, the sacrificial offering on the altar. Why would they do this? They would do this because it was a symbol of the sins of that person. Or the sins of the priest being transferred to the animal, and then the animal would pay the price, which is death for sin, and the animal would be killed in their place. The lamb would take their place in death, and so um, the reason why, thank God, we still don't we don't do animal sacrifices any longer is because Jesus stepped in place, and He took our place on the cross. He stepped in and paid the price for us so that we would no longer need to to pay the price for our sins. We could could trust in him, and he would take upon himself the sins of of all of mankind. Now, when you turn to uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 14... Um, You'll find there that Jesus said, suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 15, and he laid his hands on them and departed thence. Once again, Jesus is demonstrating for us here that by laying hands on the children, he was doing what most children desire, which is uh, some kind of physical contact or touch, positive physical touch. Contact, but Jesus was also doing something spiritual here because as he's blessing them, he's laying his hands on them with the idea that he's transferring and conferring a blessing upon those children uh, when he laid his hands on them. Again, though, I don't believe that there's a magical transfer. Uh, that there is some kind of magical power in my hands, and when I place them on you, there is a a positive energy that flows from me to you. No, I I believe that the laying on of hands has the ability to excite our faith, uh, to believe God for a miracle because somebody's praying for me. I don't know if you've ever felt like that before where you're like, man, I just really want someone to come and lay their hands on me and pray for me. I'm I'm needing some help in prayer and I've been in services where I really I really was longing for someone to come and pray with me um and I felt awkward asking I felt you know like I was in, in a place to go up to someone and say will you pray for me I, I probably could have and should have but I was in, I remember being in a, in a service and really desiring just to feel someone else join with me because Felt like if someone was touching me and we were praying together, that there was a connection there, that we were connected and praying for the same thing and that they were going to pray over me and their faith could encourage my faith. And there was a a transaction going on, if you will. Um, So so we see that this is the purpose for laying on of hands. Uh, Another reason that hands are laid on an individual to pray over them is found in in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. So we're going to look at that. Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him and did as the Lord commanded to Moses. So in in this case, Joshua, the subordinate to Moses, uh, had had Moses lay his hands on him and uh, apparently, ordain him or appoint him to be the next leader of the the, the nation of Israel. Acts chapter thirteen, Acts chapter thirteen, and verse uh, two teaches us here that as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, "Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them." And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them they sent them away so there was this idea that that before paul and barnabas were sent out on their mission for god to to preach and to evangelize that the elders and the leaders of the church would pray and then lay hands on paul and barnabas and commission them to the work that god had called them we see this again in first timothy chapter 4 verse 14. Um, and here we read, neglect not the gift. Paul is writing to Timothy now, and he's calling, he's telling him to remember something, and we'll see what he's he's supposed to remember. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that it may profit, uh profiting may appear to all. So apparently Timothy had a or ordination service, or a service in which the leaders of the church laid hands on him and confirmed his calling and confirmed the gift that God had placed inside of Timothy. And apparently, at that meeting, when they laid hands on him, someone prophesied that indeed God had called Timothy and God had placed on him a gift of the spirit to do the work that God was appointing him to do. And now Paul is calling on Timothy to remember that event, because that was supposed to be a memorable event. So the laying on of hands should be something that is memorable. It should be something that at times is very special and very sacred and very holy, and that 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 moment should be a kind of a a memorial for the rest of your life that you can call back to memory that event of having someone lay their hand on you and pray for you and commission you and prophesy over you and, and call out the gift of God that God is placing inside of you. And so it's in these instances of laying on of hands that the early believers were praying for special help from the Holy Ghost to come upon the people that were being commissioned to do some specific work for the church. Now, again, it's God who does the call. It's God who gives the prophecy, but he uses his church to impart that calling, that special anointing, uh, or the help to that individual. Uh, And this is such a special God-designed ceremony that Paul uh, instructed one of his young ministers not to do this to just anybody. Uh, this kind of laying on of the hands uh, of the presbytery to commission them to service is supposed to be sacred. So it's not to be taken lightly. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't lay hands on one another in prayer and in altar call, which is kind of what we're talking about. But there are times when uh, this is supposed to be a special or sacred event and not just to be done quickly or lightly. Paul said here to Timothy, lay hands suddenly on no man. Again, Paul is not talking about prayer. He's just talking about the commissioning of someone to a an office in the church. Um, he was just giving them advice. Don't sanction anybody too hastily uh, into, a, into a leadership role. Uh, Never be in a hurry, and the New Living puts it like this, never be in a hurry about appointing a church leader. Take time with that. Pray about it fast. Uh, Evaluate them. Hold them under a microscope, so to speak, to to see when they're they're moving into a leadership role, there needs to be prayer, there needs to be advice, there needs to be uh, questions asked, all those kinds of things, because you are appointing someone who is going to lead a group of people um and, and their lifestyle can can either aid or damage the work of god and we've got to be very careful about that um another instance in in which so we've talked about two things when you, you lay hands on someone it's to bless them to confer a blessing to pray for them uh to transmit a blessing from an elder to a younger, um, and it's also sometimes a very sacred, <laughs> sacred event in which um, the the person having them having hands laid on is being released into some kind of ministry or service. Um, in Acts chapter eight, then another reason why we lay hands on someone in Acts chapter eight, verse seventeen, um, is. Uh, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 8 verse 17 says, then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. Um, This was such a a regular occurrence in the first church that it was normal. It was a normal part of life. Someone wanted to receive the Holy Ghost. You prayed with them, and you laid your hands on them so that they could receive the Holy Ghost. Now, it's not mandatory. It didn't happen like this every time. In fact, it didn't happen like this the first time people received the Holy Ghost, where they were all gathered together in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it just descended on them. It also happened that way uh, with Cornelius, while Peter was yet preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on all those who were who were listening. So uh, there was lots of people who received the Holy Ghost with nobody touching them, nobody laying hands on them, because receiving the Holy Ghost is not uh, a matter of of laying hands on people to receive it. That is not necessary. It can be helpful. It can be helpful, and it can be appropriate at times, but it is not necessary because the thing that's essential for someone to receive the Holy ghost is repentance. Uh, is first of all, faith. You, you can't come to God unless you have faith. First of all, you must have faith. You must believe. First of all, um, you also need to have an understanding of what the Holy ghost is, or at least faith in God to begin with. Um, I've heard of people receiving the Holy ghost without knowing what they had received But their heart was in such a place that they were already open to God that had they known, I believe that they had known what the Holy Ghost was, they would have been seeking for it anyway. So God just kind of skipped the step of of them having conscious knowledge of the Holy Spirit, and they just received the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues. And then begin to ask the question, why is it when I pray, I speak in a language I've never heard before? Uh, I've heard stories like that. So I believe someone can receive the Holy Ghost without even really knowing exactly, specifically, what is the Holy Spirit and, and what is the sign of that Spirit coming. But they can have such an attitude of surrender to God and openness to God and faith to God that God just gives them the gift and they receive it because they're already in a place to, to open up and receive the Holy Ghost. So laying on of hands is not necessary for someone to receive the Holy Ghost, but it can be beneficial. And we see this in Acts 8, when they laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. There was a transfer of faith that took place. Remember, I said at the beginning of the lesson, that laying hands on somebody, is it it, it, it does not magically transfer anything from you to them, but it can help them connect their faith to yours. It, you know, they have confidence in you as someone who is uh praying for them. There's an authority. When you pray with someone and you lay hands on them, the how you lay hands on somebody makes a big difference. If if you're like uh when I sometimes I talk to young people, I've done this before, and you know, we're at an altar call and I'm kind of giving them a pep talk. When I tell them talking to them about laying hands on people and and if they're young ministers or or young young men that are trying to pray with people in the altar i encourage them don't just don't just lightly touch them on the shoulder if you're there as a person with the holy ghost you're trying to pray for people to receive the holy ghost your your goal is to help people in the altar then just lightly touching them on the shoulder at first is okay until they become comfortable with you and you introduce yourself and all those preliminaries. We'll talk about that in a minute. But but when it's time for you to then pray for them, don't be like a, a, a fluffy cloud on their shoulder, but, but lay your hand on them and uh, do it with some kind of authority that conveys confidence because you convey confidence to the person that you're praying for and it's in that that they can they can then trust they can sense that they can read the body language they can understand what's taking place and and that that faith can be transmitted to them in a positive way now um what was interesting about this event here in acts chapter 8 was simon the sorcerer was watching this he saw that through the laying on of the apostles hands the holy ghost was given So he offered them money, and he tried to buy this gift. And he tried to give money to Peter and John and says to them, uh, Give me also this power, that on whomever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. So Peter is... Is reinforcing the idea that the Holy Ghost doesn't come on someone because you lay hands on them. This has, that is not what happens. I'm not transmitting a portion of my Holy Ghost to you. There is nothing that flows from me to you. I don't know people, I've, I've heard people tell that, say that when you lay hands on someone, you're transmitting something. Um, the only thing you're communicating with them, the only thing you're transmitting to them, is whether you have confidence in what you're praying or not. Uh and and if you have confidence in God, you can transmit faith to that person by by your body language, by the way you act. But there's Peter is confirming here, there is no, you can't buy, you can't buy this gift. And this isn't something you can just give to somebody and they can go around and lay hands on everybody and and boom, 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 they receive the Holy Ghost. Because um, I, listen, I've heard of of preachers who weren't exactly living for God, but were able to pray for people to receive the Holy Ghost, and they received the Holy Ghost. I've heard stories tell of backsliders. You know, I couldn't tell you who told the story. I'm just running the catalog of stories in my brain, and I remember one particular one where uh, this person was in a bar and. They were trying to. They were talking to the person next to them, saying, "You know, I've just really not had a, a a taste for alcohol anymore, and I'm I'm feeling all this heaviness in my heart." And the person next to them said, "Oh, well, you're feeling conviction. What's that? so they the backslider in the bar while they're both drinking beer and whatever gives the 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 person a Bible study and prays them through the Holy Ghost, takes them back to the apartment, and prays them through the Holy Ghost." Backsliders still backslidden, still not living for God at the time, but was able to convey enough faith to this person who was hungry, and they received the Holy Ghost, and they converted and came to know the Lord. So, uh, the, the, the the laying on of hands is not a magical thing. It's a way to excite someone's faith in God that God is the one who does the miracle. God is the one who brings on the healing. God is the one who fills with the Holy Ghost. And that's that's the beauty of it all, is you don't have to be perfect to pray with someone to receive the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage you tonight, if you're on this call, if you're in, in this lesson tonight, and you have the Holy Ghost, you have just as much right to pray for someone to receive the Holy Ghost as any preacher, as any individual on planet Earth that has the Holy Ghost, because you can, if you know how, encourage someone's faith in God, and they can respond to God on the basis of their own faith, and God will answer their prayer. That's the beautiful part about it. God doesn't need you to be perfect to pray with people in the altar. You don't have to have a ministerial degree. You don't have to have gone to Bible college. You simply have to have a heart that loves people, and uh, and and you have to be. I believe you need to have uh, a, some kind of a prayer life, some kind of a connection with God, and then you you've got to have a desire to see people saved. Uh, those those things added together can create a great. And then you have to understand some boundaries, which we'll talk about in a second. But the power belongs to God. The power of the Holy Ghost belongs to God, not the believer. John chapter 3, verse 8, uh, says that the the wind blows where it listeth, uh, and, and, and that means the wind blows wherever it wills, and though you hear its sound, you can't tell when it cometh and whither it goes, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In other words, uh, you can't make the Holy Ghost fall on somebody by praying for them. God's power cannot be purchased or earned. You cannot fast enough to receive power from God. You cannot pray enough to earn power from God. Again, this is where faith comes in. If I think that it's a works-based scenario where I have to put so many coins in the vending machine before I can get my candy bar from Jesus, then uh, then I, I don't have an accurate view of, of God's economy. Uh, I can't earn anything. I can't put enough prayer coins in the vending machine of, of, of God's provisions to earn anything. If it was based on my prayer life alone, I wouldn't go anywhere. I wouldn't get anything from God. Every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, comes from God. Even the gifts of the Spirit, healing, tongues, prophecy, all of those gifts of the Spirit they are not earnings of the Spirit. They are gifts of the Spirit. God gives them to you freely because you could never earn them. Jesus earned them on the cross with his sacrifice. And the Bible says that when he ascended, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to his church, gave gifts to men. So uh, what what I'm trying to say here is you can't purchase the Holy Ghost, you can't purchase the power to pray for people in the altar. You simply got to go with a love in your heart for people, and a desire to see people changed and transformed, and let God do the work in them. Um, Prayer and fasting is good, and I think we need to do that more, uh, because prayer and fasting Corrects our view of the situation and puts our dependence on God. So prayer and fasting doesn't earn points with God. God doesn't look at me and go, "Oh wow, he fasted uh, three days this week. That means I'm going to really, I'm gonna really pour on the juice on Sunday." No, what I've done is I've I've submitted the will of my flesh to the will of God's Spirit through prayer and fasting. I've humbled myself. And the Bible makes it clear that if I humble myself and pray, seek his face, turn from my wicked ways, then then God is going to respond. Again, it's not earnings. It's God responds to faith. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. God responds to my faith when I have faith in him, when I submit my flesh to him, when I submit my will to him because I believe in him and trust in him, he responds to that faith with miracles, with gifts, with the Holy Ghost, with healing. And and all of that is on him. All of that is on him. Whether someone receives the Holy Ghost, whether they are healed or not, is completely and totally dependent on him. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with his will His timing and the faith of the person that's praying. My job in praying with people on the altar is to excite their faith and to help them trust God for what they are about to receive. Now, I'm going to talk briefly about healing and then we'll go over some practical tips and pointers um, for praying with people on the altar. Um, The act of healing is also uh, a reason to lay hands on Mark chapter 16. Verse uh, 18, uh, these signs shall follow, verse 17, uh, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast up devils, they shall speak with new tongues, shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. We know that means by accident. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, notice the language. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It's an affirmative. Um, So laying hands on the sick to pray for them is a way of exciting that person's faith towards God and what God is about to do. The the results are up to God. It's simply you partnering with the Lord to see his work done. Um, Now, how should you lay hands on somebody? How should you lay hands on somebody? Uh, When... Appropriate. The first thing you should do, especially if you're in a uh, a situation where the person doesn't know you, randomly walking up to somebody and just laying hands on their shoulder and praying for them, unless you can sense that they're you you know them. I, I don't know. I I just think it's it's good, even if you know them, to let them know you're about to pray with them or ask them if you can pray with them. There's there's been an old uh, fear that if you—I uh, I should say—I should just talk personally. I used to have this this idea that if I stopped someone from praying in the altar, I was going to disrupt what God was doing and I was going to mess it up. Again, I had the wrong perspective because number one, if you're stopping someone in prayer in the altar uh, to instruct them or to encourage them, if you do it right you're you're not going to disrupt anything you're going to assist and and aid what that person in receiving from god what they've come for um it's it's very difficult for you to stop what god is doing if you're coming in with that kind of spirit and attitude so it's okay to stop the person and introduce yourself if i'm in a convention or in a service where i know people don't know who i am that is how i approach almost every person that i pray for almost every person um if if they're already in a in a deep spirit of prayer then and they're they're about ready to receive the Holy Ghost and there's already people praying for them then there may be there may not be a need to stop them to introduce myself but if the person is just kind of standing there alone and they're just kind of praying I might stop them and just say hi my name is Joel I don't go into the I'm Pastor Joel I'm you know a leader here at the church I, I just introduce myself as Joel because that that's who I am I'm I'm Joel and for the sake of this meeting uh if I'm praying for someone in the altar that doesn't know me I just introduce myself as I'm Joel and uh I'm I'm here to I'd like to pray with you I can sense that God wants to do something for you today what are you here for what are you wanting God to do in your life is often a question I ask um and I ask them what their name is what's your name is it okay if I pray with you I, what I'm doing is I'm respecting their boundaries is it okay if I lay hands on you when I pray for you asking them these questions is is it really great Uh, thing because it gives them the opportunity to say no. I've never had anybody say no to me, but if they did, I'd say no problem. That's fine. And I would would totally respect that and not insist to lay hands on them. I would 100% respect them because again, we've already identified the scripture is clear. You don't have to lay hands on someone for them to receive anything from God. The laying on of hands is simply to excite their faith and to get them uh, tr- trusting God. But you can do that without laying hands on them. So if they're not comfortable, I'd say, no problem. Um, you know, can I still pray with you? Is it okay? And if they say no, just say, no problem. I, I, I'm i going to uh, just move on. God bless you. Thank you for, for coming in. Thank you for praying. Keep on, you know, just say something positive. God is going to hear your prayers. Whatever you're praying for, God hears your prayers. And then move on to the next person. Um, most people will say yes. Yes, you can pray for me. Yes, you can lay hands on me. And you can even say, when I pray for you, I'm going to lay my hand on your head. I'm going to pray for you uh, to help encourage your faith. And you'd say that. There's say, there's nothing magical about me laying my hands, but I'm here just to encourage your faith in God, that God is going to touch you. And, and when I lay my hands on you, I'm praying for you that God will bless you in a special way and that you'll receive from God in that moment what you're praying for. Um, So what are you doing? You're educating them. You're encouraging them. You're letting them know what to expect and also how they can connect their faith with what happens. Because when you lay hands on them, they they can know. He's now praying for me to have more faith, to trust in God. God is going to answer my prayer when he lays his hands on me. It it gives them a boost of faith that they can trust God is going to do something for them. Um, understand the idea that some people don't want to be touched, uh, and they may. I actually talked to someone recently where they said, um, "I found it very." I thank you. I know what time it is. <laughs> uh, uh, they they actually said to me, I, "I was very overwhelmed. There was so much going on in the altar, and I I had a hard time connecting with God at all." And I said, "That's totally understandable." And uh, so this is why it's very important to introduce yourself and it all it might even help them focus in a little bit when you ask them what do you want from god not only are are they answering your question so that you can pray with them they're also answering that question for themselves because they might not know why they're there and and they might even say i don't even know i just kind of feel like i should come up and and at that point you can uh, then ask them a question have you ever received the holy ghost before no, I, I don't even know what that is. Now, depending on where you're at, this may or not this kind of conversation may not be possible. Uh, if you're in a convention, likely you're not going to get this kind of deep conversation going on at an altar. But if you're in a place where it's possible, by all means, strike up that conversation with them to help them walk through why are they there? And, and that really helps you because you might be thinking, well, this person's ready to receive the Holy Ghost. Bless God, I'm just going to pray them through. And then you ask them, why are you here? And, and they say, well, my granddaughter's actually in the hospital um, and she's on life support. Oh, uh, yeah, she's the, receiving the Holy Ghost is the last thing on her agenda. She's right now focused on her granddaughter. So by all means, forget praying for the Holy Ghost. Pray for her granddaughter. Pray that God will touch her. Connect with that person at the point of their need, because this is about ministering to people where they're at. We can talk to them about receiving the Holy Ghost another time, but if God can do a miracle at that moment while you're praying for them, don't you think that would excite their faith? That would that would encourage them that when someone else comes to lay hands on them, they're going to have more confidence God did it before. He's going to do it again. I can trust God is going to do great things. Um, so I, I hope these pointers are helping. But I, what I'm really wanting out of this Wednesday night Bible study is to encourage you to get involved in the altar. Um, when you see someone praying, go over there and pray with them. You, it can be a simple, but but uh, like I said, Uh, introducing yourself and asking what you can pray for. It's a very simple and quick thing. Say, hi, I'm so-and-so. What would you like me to pray? Can I pray with you? How can I pray with you? What are you praying for this morning? Then you can pray with them with knowledge. You can minister to them. And even if your prayer is short, and please don't be afraid of keeping your prayer short. You don't have to keep your hand on them for 20 minutes praying for them. You can pray for them for, for 30 seconds and then move on to somebody else. If God's moving, you can stay there and continue to pray with them. And then if you see the Lord is really moving on them, they're they're responding, you can then take them to the next level. Hey, have you, are you, have you ever received the Holy Ghost? I feel the presence of God. God wants to give you a special gift. He wants to fill you with his spirit today. Uh, would you like that? And they might be like, I don't know. Like, That's okay. Okay. Let's just pray God would bless you. I can feel he really wants to just bless you and and touch your life. And yes, yes, yes. And then pray with them. And then at the end of the service, strike up another conversation with them and start a Bible study. Get them to go out for coffee with you to talk more about what God wants to do in their life. So the the altar can be a great starting point. It can be a great place for you to interact with people and to connect with them and bless and minister to them. Um, you all don't always need a pastor to come and pray for that person. I've uh, I've uh, I really want to inspire you as people who've received the Holy Ghost and have already the power of God moving in you, you don't need pastor to lay his hands on them to pray for them to be healed. You lay hands on them and pray for them to be healed. You lay hands on them and pray for them to receive the Holy Ghost. You lay hands on them and pray for them to be blessed. And then if it's appropriate later, come back and and see if they can receive prayer from from pastor or somebody else, but, but don't discount your ability to minister to that person. Often, if you've already taken the time to hear them out and to listen to their concerns and to know what they're praying for, you can pray for them much better than I could or somebody else could. Consider that maybe God has brought you into their life for a reason that God has brought you to this person, given you them this this opportunity for you to pray with them because he knows that you will do a great job doing praying for them. So please be released to pray for people. A good thing to remember when you're praying for others is is the prayer safe zones, I like to call them. Um, The safe zones are are the shoulders, typically. Um, I don't like under the arm Because I like people having the freedom, if their arms are tired, to put their arms down. Why not? Um, When they received the Holy Ghost in Acts 2, the Bible says nothing about them raising their hands. They were seated. They were sitting down when they received the Holy Ghost for the first time. So this idea that you have to tilt your neck up, lift your hands up, keep your hands in the air, man, that's exhausting. And that exhaustion can really distract someone from receiving the Holy ghost or anything from God. Don't, don't, don't hold their arm up when it'd be their support. Like, Oh, I just want to put my arm down, but they don't want to be confrontational and like push their arms when you're holding it up. So, so a a really safe place to pray for someone is right here on the shoulder. Um, uh, If you are the one leading the prayer, then it's appropriate for you to be in front of them or kind of uh, a 45 to the side of them. Um, but whatever the case is, if you're the one talking to them, leading the prayer, then get face to face with them. Uh, obviously not in their bubble, but you want to be in front of them so you can you can lead the prayer out. Um, and then when it's appropriate, if you're going to lay hands on their head um, to pray for them, to and, and typically if you're going to lay hands on their head, you need to give them a forewarning, especially if they're new, they're guests, they're not familiar with church culture. You can just say, I'd like to pray for you when, you know, after we've prayed for a few minutes, I'm going to lay my hands on your shoulders. The Bible talks about laying on of hands and how it can help encourage someone in their faith. You can say it like that. And then you can say, um, I'm gonna lay my hands on your head and i'm gonna pray for you that God is going to give you what you're asking for and what he wants to give you in that moment um and 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 I'm not going to do it for very long but I'm just gonna it's gonna be like just a, a few minutes and it's it's a way to encourage your faith when you feel me laying my hands on your head just I just want you to be able to really reach out to God and trust that he's going to hear your prayer and answer your prayer say something like that if you want Um, and then, um, when you do, if you ever do lay hands on someone's head, don't push it. Don't push their head back. Don't shake their head. Nobody likes to have their head shaked. If, if they, they have hair, they don't have hair. You can feel a little bit more free to touch the whole head. If they have no hair or if they do have hair, they probably don't want you messing up their hair. So, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, Put my four fingers just on their forehead, just like this, and very lightly pray with them uh, in that way. Because, again, it's not, it's, I I don't want to, I don't want to distract them. I want to encourage their praying. I want to encourage their time. Um, And and then when when I do that, I then encourage them. You know, I said, that's it. Just reach out to God. Talk to him. Uh, thank him for what he's about to do. Thank him for what he's going to do in your life, um, and and uh, please don't. If if they have leg pain, don't lay hands on their legs. Just don't do that. Keep your hands on the shoulders, the upper back, uh, and and that's pretty much it. Don't be don't be uh, you know. I, I've seen people hold the hand here. That's fine as long as it's gentle as long as it's not uh, aggressive. And, and, uh, you know, the whole idea is you want to be an assistant. You want to assist them and support them in prayer and uh, try not to be a distraction in prayer um, when you're praying for somebody. Now I have, we have a couple minutes before we finish. If anybody had a question um, this would be a good opportunity for you to ask it. And if If it made more sense to do it next week, we could address some of those questions in our Bible study next week in person. But uh, if anybody had a question, go ahead and ask. Mm All right, so I'm taking from the the lack of questions that there's none at this time. If you think of one uh, between now and next week, I'm going to be touching on this again next week. And next week, I'd like us to uh, practice by praying for one another. So when you come to Bible study next Wednesday, we're going to do some practicing on how to pray with people in the altar and it'll be a little bit more of a practical but i wanted to give you um i wanted to give you some uh, understanding from the scripture on um, on how to do that and then next week we can we can practice so thank you for coming out tonight god bless you hope you have a bright rest of your night stay safe stay warm and we will see you all on sunday good night good night